Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. Teresa Tysinger is joining us today. Teresa is an author of Southern Contemporary Romance Inspired by Grace. She writes on the fringes of being a wife, mom, and full-time communications professional. Teresa is an is a member of American Christian Fiction Writers, the Association for Women in Communications, and the Religion Communicators Council. She's an introverted Enneagram 4, if you know you know, and loves coffee, traveling in almost every genre of music. Born in Hawaii, raised in Florida, and educated in North Carolina, she now resides in Texas with her husband, daughter, and dog. Thanks for joining us, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Cool. So today we're talking about modern day fairy tale retellings after probably four different episodes where we would touch on it and say we should do an episode on modern day fairy tale retellings. So now we're here. Ta-da! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, and obviously the romantic ones, not Hansel and Gretel, right? Modern day retellings of Hansel and Gretel need not apply today. Um, <laughs> so what is it about fairy tale retellings that got you excited to talk with us, Teresa? Um, well, it's interesting because I think for me, it all comes down to what I think as romance authors, we're all interested in, which is the happily ever after is sort of the big thing for me. Um, I think as a kid, I was really to end fairy tales sort of in an interesting way, I think give us a little bit of both the really sad part of life often and make the happily ever after that much sweeter. And so I kind of feel like even as a kid, it really resonated with me when I saw the characters struggling a lot, like in the Disney movies or whatever, um, through loss or, you know, trying to get to whatever it is that they're searching for. And then that happily ever after is that much sweeter. Love it. Absolutely. So I thought it would be fun to start out by talking about our favorite fairy tales. Um, so we're going to just go around and share the one that we go back to. Just one, no lists today. You got to choose one. Um, what is the fairy tale that you just keep going back to? Teresa, why don't you start? Oh gosh, I'm so glad you're starting with me because, you know, it's one of those things that like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we all could pick the same one possibly, but I love being able to kind of have first pick. Um, for me, it has to be Beauty and the Beast. Okay. That for me is just, you know, I mean, of course you've got the bookish heroine, but she's also um, pretty strong-willed and has, you know, has such a, a, you know, family commitment and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like the story in general has such amazing um, themes of like transformation, of course, the beast mm -hmm. transforms, but just sort of redemption in general. And then you weave in the sacrifice and learning to kind of love about ourselves and other people, things that are supposed to be unlovable. Um, I just love all of that. Um, and you throw in a castle and, you know, inanimate objects that are <laughs> talking and I'm totally in, I love Excellent. it. All right, Narelle, what about you? I can't just pick one. <laughs> So I will, I will never, because my fairy tale book that I loved when I was a kid, I'm here in my Udi because the fairy tales make me think about being curled up on a winter's night in bed. So I'm now curled up in my Udi, um, my sloth Udi. But anyway, so um, it would be probably Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty. I like ones with princes in them. 
So maybe maybe Cinderella. If I've got to pick one, I'd say probably Cinderella because I really liked the sort of how he she's rescued from this horrible family situation. I think that's quite a timeless story. And we see Cinderella elements in a lot of fiction as well. So all right, I'll go with Cinderella. All right, Valerie? Third, and I can say ditto, right? Sure. To both. Um, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty um, is, is got to be one that would be really hard. It's, there's not much, you know, I mean, she's like comatose for most of it, right? Um, but um, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella, those seem to be the most popular ones for retellings. But they that's have- not what we're asking. We're asking what your favorite is. <laughs> when Valerie is reading a fairy tale for fun, what does Valerie read? Sure. <laughs> she doesn't read fairy tales for fun. I think it's what we're, what we're drawing here. I picked on, but it's okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm good. I'm sorry. All right, carry on. Well, How about you, you? What's your favorite? You don't have a favorite? I said Cinderella. I'll go with Cinderella. Cinderella? Okay. Yeah. All right. My favorite is one that nobody ever has heard of. <laughs> so um, I actually, well, yeah, my, my absolute favorite fairy tale is The Twelve Dancing Princesses. Oh, yeah. Um, that is one. And I tell people that and they get this blank stare. And I'm like, Disney will never do the 12 Dancing Princesses. Although I believe there is a Barbie. Straight to VHS, Barbie and the 12 oh. Dancing Princesses for little girls out there in the world from like the 90s. But um, no, the 12 Dancing Princesses, they're, they're 12 princesses, shockingly. <laughs> and um, they, every morning they wake up and their father is angry because their shoes all have holes in them and he can't understand. He has them locked in their room at night and he doesn't understand why they're, how they're, how they're able to wear through their shoes so fast. So he has a contest. And if you can figure out the mystery, then you can marry a princess. And so the princess is not being stupid. Every guy who comes to try and do this, they drug him. So he sleeps through them, escaping through the trap door in their room into the magical enchanted land where they dance all night. Um, so the prince that comes meets the old lady in the forest who gives him a hint, don't drink anything that they give you before bed. Um, and also here's an invisible cloak. So he goes and he pretends to drink and then he pretends to be asleep and he puts on the cloak and he hi- he follows them down through the trap door to the boats where the 12 princes from the enchanted land take them across the, the lake in the boats and they dance all night and then they come back and there's three trees there's a with golden apples silver apples and bronze apples and he takes a twig with an apple each time he does this for three nights in a row and then he presents the apples to the king and he gets to marry the oldest princess who I imagine is really pretty angry and bitter about the whole thing. <laughs> and probably it's not a happy marriage, but I love everything up to that point um, because I just think it's fun. So sounds cool. like The Bachelor reality TV. <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> I also do really like Rapunzel, which again is not one mm-hmm. that people are probably going to do a modern retelling of. If we're... Would be a little tricky. It would be tricky. Um, All right. So fairy tale retellings have been gaining in popularity. And um, I'll admit that I don't like see the word fairy tale retelling and automatically add it to my cart. I'm I'm a little selective, but um, I know that 
people really seem to like them. They eat them up. So that's exciting. And um, what about where do you fall on that scale between like, it's a fairy tale, I'm going to read it? Or are you a little pickier? Where are you on that scale? Narelle? Um, I don't necessarily look for it, but then when I was looking through the fairy tale retellings I've read, they're not necessarily CCR. Some are historical, some are split time. It's, yeah, so it was it was interesting to try and find CCR ones that I'd actually read. So I quite enjoy them when I read them, but it's not necessarily something I'm necessarily going to look for. Valerie? Pretty much the same. Um, I don't I don't seek them out. Um partly because some of them are that I have read have, have seemed quite a stretch. Um, and you're like, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> but some have been really well done as well and, and taken all the, the key points and, you know, flipped them upside down and made them really fun. So there are, there are ones that I've really, really enjoyed, but I don't hunt, hunt for them typically. Teresa? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Um, it's not my top genre for sure of picks. Um, kind of like with all of my other reading, I tend to go mostly on recommendations from friends. And so if, you know, I do have some friends who read quite a few and if they'll recommend one to me, um, and usually if I hear it more than once, you know, if I, if somebody that I know has mentioned it more than once, I'll at least give it a shot. And so I have, I have found some really fun ones there. And, um, Having written um, one, it that sort of helped me read through a few others that I probably wouldn't have picked up For also. Sure. So that was fun. Cool. All right. So let's dive in then and talk about those favorite contemporary retellings. Um, we'll, do, we'll go one at a time and talk about them. Um, everybody looks so excited to go first. <laughs> Valerie, you can go first. <laughs> I'd love to go first. Um, one of the first ones that I read um, a few years ago was by Evangeline Kelly, and it's called The Unwanted Assistant. And it's a Beauty and the Beast story. And we have a billionaire. I, I find that billionaires and princes, but more billionaires, lend themselves very well to fairy tale retellings because of the whole grandiose thing. Yeah. Um, so his um, he's had uh he's had an accident and he's you know disfigured and all that good stuff which you have to be to be the beast in this um fairy tale and his manager is tired of kowtowing to him all the time and hires an assistant for him and he does not want this assistant that his assist new assistant is a college girl named ivy who desperately needs the money for this job um, so, and he keeps trying to fire her. He fires her like constantly throughout the story. So it's got most of the key elements. Um, I think might be hard sometimes to write those without it being um, so much the same that there's no room for discovery. You know, mm -hmm. everybody knows exactly what's going to happen next. And so I found this one um, did ha had enough individuality that it was you know, that he kept trying to fire his unwanted assistant was, was kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, cool. Narelle? Well, the first one I have is um, Unkissable by J.C. Weaver that's in Once Upon a Summer collection that Therese is in as well. And as you know, when it comes to collections and box sets, I never read anything in order. So, of course, Unkissable is the last one in the set that I read first. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and because um, no, JC had um, done a blog post at Inspire Romance and talked about titles. And so that title just intrigued me. So that was what got me in first. And it's also based on The Frog Prince, which is not a well-known fairy tale. So that also was interesting too. So in this particular story, we have Charlotte, who is a child actor turned reality tv person think the kardashians where her whole family gets filmed and she's in dwar and has this hissy fit tantrum and everything's just too much and she ends up running away and runs into a a former child actor who hasn't been in the business and in Hollywood for 10 years, who happened to be her first love when she was a teenager on set of this. Um, I'm thinking it's something Academy was the TV show they were on. I can't think of the name. It's top remember. of my head. Yeah. So she ends up in New Mexico with him on his family. Is it a ranch? I'm thinking it's a ranch. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yes. <laughs> wrong terminology. That's okay. And um, what I really loved about this story is how she came to faith um, in, in the way that his sister in particular was very instrumental because she'd really reached that point in her life where she was the spoiled princess on steroids and people, everything in the media about her is just horrible and mean and toxic and there's things that that she'd heard about I mean her life really changed when she was 18 she lost her dad and a whole lot of stuff came out and there was despite this supposedly shallow person there was a lot of depth behind it Mm -hmm. and I really loved how she came to faith in that story and was able to unpack what had happened in the past and the hero is just adorable as well and he's really down to earth he did the child actor thing and turned his back on it had came from a very strong Christian family and yeah just love that one I thought it was great that was on my list. Just so you know. <laughs> I stole it. That's okay. <laughs> All right, Teresa. Um, one of my favorites is actually another one in the Once Upon a Summer collection, um, along with JC's. Um, it's called An Ever After Summer um, by Tony Shiloh. And um, it's a, another retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Um, but it's, uh, it is, it's still set in France and at a chateau that um, the beast character, uh, the hero, has um, inherited from his deceased wife's family and um, has to sort of fix it up and um, get it ready to sort of pass inspection as a historical, you know, uh, chalet or chateau. I can't remember exactly what word she uses. And, um, but the... uh, they he hires uh the who's the bell character um from an american company that specializes in restoring old libraries and books and so she comes over after he has basically fired two or three of the other employees who weren't doing things up to code um to his standards and so she finally comes over as the owner's daughter to sort of finally once and for all um appease him and he um, is disfigured from an accident and still reeling from his grief of losing his wife. And it's just a really, really tender story of um, kind of finding a way to start over and looking at yourself as lovable again after, you know, you've gone through a life change and um, kind of letting love in again. But it's really sweet. It's Um, Of the few fairy tale retellings I've read, I think it's probably the closest um, 
to the original that we are all familiar with. Um, definitely still inspired by mm-hmm. she, you know, Tony takes some um, liberties certainly here and there and um, some really fun twists and that sort of thing. But um, it was just one of the things I love so much about um, fairy tale retellings, I probably should have mentioned before, is that there is a level of um, familiarity with the story that for me lets me sit down and read it. And not that I don't have to be invested or don't have to pay attention but there is some comfort in sort of knowing where it's going to go in a way. It's sort of like sitting down and and watching reruns of friends or reruns of some other show that you're really familiar with. There's, you know, you don't have to put as much emotional investment in how is this going to work itself out? Cause you know that it will, but it's a really good one. I absolutely loved it. Cool. All right. That was on my list too. Y'all are taking through my list here. Um, So I'm going to, for my first one, I guess I'm going to go uh, a little cheating because they're not Christian. They are clean. Um, <clears throat> and they're also probably YA um, and sort of half like fantasy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they're actually, they're, uh, they're Valerie's daughter, Hannah Sandvig. Ah. Um, she has been doing some fabulous fairy tale retellings yes um they do have sort of that fantasy element like they're there are magical portals that actually take you into the magical fairy tale realm um oh yeah so the fairies are a real thing in them um but they still also have a modern day like contemporary modern day element which is fun and they are clean they are not faith-based but they are not faith averse (laughs) Um, and I think of hers, my favorite actually is the lily gate. Hers are all a gate, something gate, because the portal is the gate. And it's a frog prince retelling as well, which um, I liked because it's unique. And um, the frog prince is not normally one of my favorites, but I really liked how Hannah handled it. Um, and it's just, it's cute and it's fun. And um, the, the princess... She's not really a princess. She's a baker. <laughs> and um, there's, so there's, it makes you hungry um, as, you're reading, <laughs> as you're reading it. She's a French uh, baker and um, is, and it, you, you should just read it. It's really cute. Um, uh, I enjoy, uh, she have four or three. She um, has a beauty and the beast. On the fourth, She's the rose, the rose gate, which is a beauty and the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, wolf gate, which wolf is a little red riding hood. Yeah. And the um, little date. Yeah. I haven't read the little, uh, no, I take that back. I have. I've read them all then. Okay. Yeah. We're working <laughs> on a Cinderella one now, the glass gate. So. Oh, fun. Very fun. And what's fun too with that series is there are some themes, some threads that are pulling through the whole series. So you're seeing the broader picture of the war in the fairy realm, which if you don't like fantasy, that's not going to do anything for you. But if you do like a little bit of fantasy, they're, they're very fun. Um, and that's my one non-CCR use, I guess, for the next little while. Sorry. Valerie, do you have another one? <laughs> sure. Um, Lenora Worth has a book called Undercover Princess, and it's a Cinderella retelling. Eleanor Castle um, goes undercover in as a security person in her father's castle department store um, to find out 
what's gone wrong with his business. And, um, you know, since her stepmother took over the business with her father being ill and what's wrong with her father and how does, how's the business going and, and all that. So she's undercover. She's like pretending to be somebody else. And she's trying to figure these things out. And then this guy comes along and his name is Nico. And he comes from a wealthy shoe manufacturing company and um, they have decided that they need the perfect model to model this fabulous new shoe. And he sees her and she's got to be the model. And she's like, I'm undercover. I don't want to do anything. Don't put me on. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, the shoe is a, is a bit of a tie in then and uh, stuff. So it's, it's not a straight up retelling, but there's enough elements in there. You've got your, your two stepsisters and your evil stepmother and the father's alive, but just barely. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed how she handled that. And then it does go on with, uh, with two more stories in the series, which I also enjoyed as the stepsisters um, oh, come into their own and smarten up. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Narelle, do you have another? I do. So my second one is My Beastly Billionaire by Jackie Castle. So I read this a couple of years ago, so I'm a bit hazy on the details. And I actually picked it up because it was a billionaire romance as opposed to being a fairy tale. And in this particular story, Elisa's an interior designer and she is has a job where she has to travel to I think it's the Grimwood Manor and Duncan is the beast and so he's the recluse who doesn't leave the house which I always find fast I think that's why I like Beauty and the Beast because you have the reclusive hero who's mm -hmm. very broken and hurt who needs um, who needs to be restored and um, yeah come out of himself and the love of a good woman is what helps him on his journey to healing so um, yeah so she ends up doing some work in his house doing the interior design work and then there's a blizzard and she gets stranded there so that was a really fun story that really drew on those beauty and the beast elements that I love have to say Beauty and the Beast has never been my favorite because it always is very Phantom of the Opera and I'm like oh. see how that turned out you know like can you imagine Beauty and the Beast is like when she decides to stay with the Phantom of the Opera and that's just no why no why you wouldn't do that so I don't know. it's interesting too because I can't stand Phantom of the Opera either, but I love Beauty and the Beast. Hey, <laughs> maybe it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm curious, uh, as an aside, which we don't need to go here, but but we're going to. Seen any? We are. <laughs> any Beauty and the Beast where it's Flip, and she's the the one with the the recluse, and he's the one who's oh. the gorgeous hunk of a guy who. I would read that. I would be there for that. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I don't, I can't think of one. Mm -mm. Or, or those of you who are listening to the podcast or watching, if you know of one like that, particularly if it's Christian contemporary romance, or even if it's just a, a clean romance, so put it in comments because I'd be curious to see. I would too. I, I wonder if anybody would write it because like I write heroines who are not always sweet and demure and they don't sell um women yeah. don't want to read about brash and abrasive women yeah but, so, but mm. you want to read about brash and abrasive men 
anyways we want to read about changing brash and abrasive men with our love and somehow because we exist in the world the brash and abrasive man now magically is Is not abusive and except in a ccr because you have god so (laughs) you have the faith element so so what i like i probably would prefer to read christian fiction with beauty and the beast and go outside of christian fiction because you've not just got the love of a good woman saving a man which is cliched and wrong for a whole lot of reasons um you've got a faith journey that that goes along with that and it it's all about motivation it depends on why they're reclusive and it's, it's it all comes back to the why i have to be able to believe Absolutely. and buy the why to actually enjoy the story for sure right yeah yeah for sure all right Teresa, tell us your next one um my other one was it's uh, Christmas Ella by Angela Ruth Strong. Um, it was in the Once Upon a Christmas collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was really fun. Um, I, I felt like, you know, Cinderella is probably one of the most well-known um, fairy tales. And she added some really fun spins with reality TV and um there's a masquerade ball. And of course you add in the, you know, elements of Christmas and it was just sort of this perfect, really fun. Angela has a great way, I think, of weaving in um, humor, but also keeping sort of the um, faith and character redemption and all of those themes very strong. And um, so I really, really, really enjoyed it. It was, um, Another, I'm also big on like sub characters and stuff like that. And kind of like just in um, any of these fairy tales we're talking about, some of the sub characters really um, make the story fun. And um, that was the same way with this one. So yeah, that was Christmas Ella by Angela Breed Strong. It was great. So the only other one that y'all didn't take was um, Tony Shiloh's Snow White retelling in Once Upon a Christmas, which um, I apparently did not write the title down of. So I will look it up and it'll be in the notes. Um, oh, uh, let me, I actually think I've got the, um, I wanted to make sure I, hers is a snow, it's just a Snow White Christmas. Oh, hey, how about that? All right, yeah. a Snow White Christmas, that's good. Um, one, because you don't see Snow White doing, being retold often, because what do you do with the seven dwarves, right? And right. it's really yeah. tricky to figure out the seven dwarf thing. And Tony had such a fun take on it. They're, they're not dwarves. So, um, but there's, there's like seven uncles, but they're not all related. And it's these seven sort of cranky old, old men who live with, yeah. who live with the hero, um, and it's just, she did such a fantastic job with it. And yeah. I mean, honestly, I read it because I'm like, what is she going to do with the dwarves? Because I don't know <laughs> how you, you tell this with the dwarves, um, but she did. And they're not miners, you know, there's no gold mining or anything like that, but um, <laughs> it's just a delightful take at it. Um, just a delightful also. take. All right. And we probably are close to our time. So um, just tell you quickly about yeah. my friend. Did I skip you? Yeah, you did. Sorry. I'll go quick. Uh, it's Lacey Williams, and it's called Cowboy Charming, and it is a reverse Cinderella. Okay. So you've got uh, a young guy named Ethan who gave up everything to save his family's dairy farm and provide a roof for his two spoiled stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. And then for the... Prince Charming, Princess Charming, you have a real princess 
Princess Maya of Glorbeard or something. <laughs> and um, I, I enjoyed that because of the, of the flip. The flip, yeah, that's yeah. fun. That's fun. She has a whole series, doesn't she? Yes. With she fairy does. tales. Yeah, oh, that was on all, my list as well. Are to... they all flipped or are they? They're not no, all. I, okay. A mix. And they, yeah. and they get less and less fairy tale-ish really as, as you go on. But there are several that are at the beginning that are very strong retellings. And then I think maybe she put two series together okay. to make one long one is kind yeah. of my guess. Fun. But this is the second book, I believe in that series. And I, I just kept looking for the elements and snickering to myself because of the, of the flip. Okay, that's cool. All right, other final fairy tale thoughts? No? All right. Then, oh, then Teresa, could you um, tell everybody where to find you and your books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am online. My website is TeresaTysinger.com um, and all of the links to my books and uh, social media are on there, but I'm most active on Instagram. Um, and so people, queen. I'm sorry. You're the reels queen. Oh gosh, bless your heart for saying that. That has been the biggest step out of my comfort zone <laughs> lately. You're sweet. Um, but I'm on Instagram at Teresa Tysinger underscore author. Um, but again, everything's linked on my website and it's all there. All right. Cool. Well, thank you everyone who is watching and listening. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what we missed. I'm sure we missed some. Um, or what fairy tale you would like to see retold. We'd be open to that. And there are enough authors that listen and, and creep in the comments that, you know, you might get your wish. So let us know what you're looking for. Um, and thank you for joining us at Story Chats. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.